you missed that part of the conversation. We have it. Yeah. Good morning and welcome to worship. We're so glad that you're here. Will you stand with us and let's sing together. This is a new song we wrote here and a song called Child of the Light. Let's sing. God spoke over the deep, awoke the sun from sleep, separated nighttime from the day. With nothing more than words, he created all the earth. Then he breathed his life into the clay. He made mankind in his image to reflect his own desire so we would become bearers of his holy fire. Child of the light, walk in the light, you see is the light the darkness cannot hide. Shine like a star.
Jacob's fever rise from the dead and Christ will shine in you. Wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead and Christ will shine in you. Wake up, sleeper, Amen. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. Good morning. Today we have the privilege of witnessing the baptism of four precious children, uh, two of them in this service at 8.30. And first of all, this is Madeline Jernigan. And Madeline is very excited to follow Jesus in baptism. And um, she's been through our launch pad class uh, that Miss Megan uh, Clayton teaches, and she's come and talked with me. And she's on the younger range of when we like to baptize children. Uh, she was six years old when she came and talked to me. And then I remembered, well, my wife, Cindy, was baptized when she was six, and she turned out okay. But, uh, <laughs> but I like to, w I want children to wait um, a little while when they're younger because I want them to remember it. I don't want them to have doubts. and want to be sure that they understand. So I said, Madeline, how about if you wait until you turn seven? Would you do that? So Wednesday she turned seven. And she came to me last week and said, I t I'm, I'm turning seven. I said, okay, all right. So we're so excited for her to be baptized and confess her faith. And she is the daughter of Jeremy and Megan Jernigan, also has grandparents in our church. If your family are friends of Madeline's, would you stand in her honor right now, please? Oh, isn't that great? Wonderful. Thank you. You may be seated. Madeline, in front of your church family and your family, will you confess Jesus is Lord? On your confession of faith in Christ, I baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
This is Wally White, and Wally is a fourth grader, and Wally came and talked with me and then went home with his family and prayed to receive Jesus as his Savior, and we're so excited for him, and uh, talking to Wally uh, a little while ago, asked him what he wanted to do, and he told me when he wants to grow up, he wants to be an apologist and to tell people about Jesus, and I was just impressed he knew what an apologist was, and <laughs> I'm impressed with that, and Wally, I, I pray that whatever you do for a living, that that you may decide that, but I pray that all of your life you live for Jesus and that you'll tell people about Jesus. And we're so excited to be a part of this day with you. Wally is the uh, son of Jeff and Sarah White and also has other family in our church. If your family or friends of Wally's, would you stand in his honor, please? Amen. We're so glad you're here. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Wally, in front of your church family, will you confess Jesus is Lord? Jesus is Lord. Upon your confession of faith in Christ, I baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. God is good.
Like a covenant of old, your love is enduring through the winter rain and beyond the horizon with mercy for today. Faithful you have been and faithful you will be. You pledge yourself to me and it's why I your praise will ever be on my lips, ever be on my lips. Your praise will ever be on my lips, ever be on my lips. Your praise will ever be on my lips, ever be on my lips. Your praise will ever be on my lips, ever be on my lips. Oh, 
miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. He's the way maker. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. I worship you, I worship you. You are here. You are here, healing every. You. I worship you. You are here turning up. You are here turning lives around. I worship you. I worship you. You are here mending every heart. I worship you. Never stop, he never stop working. Never stop, he never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. That is who you are. That is who you are. 
light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. You are maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Oh, Lord, we thank you for being the way maker. Yes, give the Lord a hand. If you want to praise the Lord this morning, clap for the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we applaud you. We give you all the praise that's due your name, which is all of it. And so, Lord, we come before you thanking you for being the way maker, for being the miracle worker, for bringing down mountains, for guiding us through troubled times. Lord, we thank you so much. And we, we know that even when we don't see it, you're working. Even when we don't feel it, you're working, and you never stop working. And for that, Lord, we are so grateful. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning. Good to see you today. I'm sharing a series of sermons on what we believe about God, specifically about the Christian belief that God is Trinity. That is, He's three in one. He's God the Father. God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, and yet there's only one true living God. Now that's hard to understand, and so what we're trying to do is rather than start with the three in one, take it step by step. So think of it as these three steps leading up to the platform, and uh, a couple of weeks ago we started with step one, and we tried to answer the question, how many gods do you believe there are? That's an important question. And you could answer that there's no God, you'd be an atheist. You could answer that there's many gods, you'll be a polytheist. Or as we Christians believe, you could answer that there's only one true living God. Deuteronomy 6, 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And Jesus repeated this verse in Mark 12, 29. And so the first step is, is there a God? How many gods are there? We answered that there's one true living God. Not three gods, just one God. Then the second step, last week, we tried to answer the question, who is Jesus? What do you believe about Jesus? I believe it's the most important question in the world. What is the relationship of Jesus to this one true God? Is he created by God? Is he Superman? Is he just a man? Is he a little God? Is he equal to God? And if so, how do, how do they relate? So we looked at John 1 through chapter um, 5 and looked at what Jesus claimed to be. Now next week we're going to go on up to 3 and talk, ask who's the Holy Spirit and how does he relate to Jesus and how does he relate to the one true God. And you might think, well, why do we do that today? Well, because I just can't leave this step yet. <laughs> this is the most important question in the world. And so we went John 1 through 5. Now we're going to look at three other passages in the Gospel of John today uh, three conversations that Jesus had about who he is and who he claimed to be. We're going to continue today with two. What is the relationship of Jesus to this one true God? You see, there, there are many different answers to this question. There's the answer that the Unitarians give. Now, we're Trinitarians. We believe that there's one God and three persons, but Unitarians 
believe that Jesus is not God. God's just a unity. They don't believe in the Trinity. Maybe you've been to Tullahoma and you've noticed on the left as you get toward Tullahoma, there's a little white building and it's a Unitarian church. And so in our area, we have a group of Unitarians. Unitarians began in the colonial America, or at least in America, began in colonial America in Boston, where some began to deny some Christian churches began to say, no, we don't think Jesus is really God. We're Unitarians. And those churches, even Harvard University, uh, was dominated for a while and became a Unitarian seminary. And, and I want to uh, share with you, you know, I'm sharing in this series the differences of some other denominations or religions and what we believe. And I'm not, I want to say this because in this day and age, everybody hates everybody. I want you to understand, I'm not doing that to say we don't like these people or that we want to be kind to these people. We want to love people of everything. doesn't mean we don't like the people. People are all equal. Ideas are not equal. Some ideas are better than others. All people are of equal value. So we love the people, and, and we want to be kind and friendly and neighborly to these people. So I'm not saying, oh, well, we're not supposed to like them. We love them, but we don't like their ideas because their ideas are of different value. So Unitarians... Uh, began by denying the deity of Jesus. Now, in 1959, Unitarians merged with Universalists, and now it's the Unitarian Universalist Church. Universalism believes everybody's going to heaven. Unitarians believe Jesus is not divine. Now they put those together. Well, now they've reached a point where they don't believe anything, literally. They have no doctrines. They'll receive non-Christians. They'll receive uh, uh, non-theists, atheists. You can be an atheist and be a a member uh, because... You may see on the sign going to Tullahoma, to question is the answer. So they don't have any answers anymore. It's just, we just got a lot of questions. So that's what happens when you lose your connection to the Word of God. You continue to drift, and so now they have no beliefs, literally no beliefs. Anybody can be a part of that group. But it started out by denying the deity of Christ. Now, I want you to understand that these questions are relevant not just to some of the uh, groups or cults. I've talked about Mormons, Jehovah's Witnesses, talked about other religions like Islam, but even a, a lot of Americans. Let me show you the results of a Lifeway uh, survey on the state of theology. Every two years, Lifeway Christian Resources does a state of theology survey of Americans. And they found this year in 2022 that 71% of Americans say that there is one true God in three persons. Well, that's good. 71% seem to be orthodox acknowledging the Trinity, but if you look to the far right, it says 55% believe Jesus is the first and greatest being created by God. Well, there's some confusion, isn't there? Because even though we're affirming the Trinity, a majority of people in America say Jesus is created He's like an angel. He's like us. He's not God. He's created. He's the first. He's the biggest thing God created, but he's still created. And that's not what the Bible teaches, as we'll see today. So you see, there's confusion uh, by the majority of people in America on this that we're in. Next week, we'll get to the Holy Spirit, and 59% believe the Holy Spirit is a force, but not a personal being. So an even larger majority would believe that the Holy Spirit is not a member of the Trinity, not a person, but is a force. So I want you, what I'm saying is this is relevant to who we are. Let's look at these three conversations that Jesus had and see what he claimed about his identity. First of all, we begin in John 8, 
And all of John 8 is a long conversation between Jesus and his enemies disputing who he was. Jesus said, I'm the son of God who will set you free. And they responded, "Uh, we're children of Abraham. We've never been slaves. We don't need you to set us free. And Jesus said, well, if you were children of Abraham, you'd do the works that Abraham did. Your father is not Abraham, he's the devil. I know you're descendants of Abraham, but your father's the devil. That didn't sit well with them. So we pick up in uh, John chapter 8, verse 48. The Jews answered him, Aren't we right in saying that you are a Samaritan and demon-possessed? So they questioned his uh, ethnic uh, heritage and uh, whether he was demon-possessed. I'm not possessed by a demon, verse 49, said Jesus, but I honor my father. All through these passages, he talks about his relationship to the father. I honor my father and you dishonor me. I'm not seeking glory for myself, but there is one who seeks it and he is the judge. Very truly, I tell you, whoever obeys my word will never see death. Oh, what a wonderful statement. Whoever obeys my word will never see death. At this they exclaimed, now we know you're demon-possessed. Abraham died and so did the prophets, yet you say that whoever obeys your word will never see death. Are you greater than our father Abraham? He died and so did the prophets. Who do you think you are? Well, they've got the question right, at least. That's the right question. They haven't got the answer right, but they've got the question right. Who do you think you are, Jesus? Jesus replied in verse 54, If I glorify myself, my glory means nothing. My Father, whom you claim is your God, is the one who glorifies me. Though you do not know him, I know him. If I said I did not, I'd be a liar like you. But I do know him and obey his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day. He saw it and was glad. Jesus said, I'm the culmination of the promise God made to Abraham when he said, I'm going to bless the world through you. And Abraham looked forward to my coming and he rejoiced at it. And they said in verse 57, you're not yet 50 years old. And you have seen Abraham? And here we go. Here's what Jesus said, verse 58. Very truly I tell you, Jesus answered, before Abraham was born, I am. Jesus was saying, I pre-exist Abraham. I was around before Abraham was born. But he's saying more than the fact that he predates Abraham. Because he doesn't say before Abraham was born I was. Or before Abraham was born I already existed. Those would certainly be true. But he says even more than that. He says before Abraham was born I am. And I am is the name of God. He's obviously claiming deity. Do you remember in Exodus 3.14 when God was going to send Moses to Israelite to get the children of Israel out of Egypt and Moses didn't want to go and he said, who am I going to tell them sends me? And God said to him, you tell them that I am sends you for I am that I am. And that's the name Jehovah. I am or Yahweh, depending on how you translate it. This is the name of God. You tell them I am has sent you. And so Jesus said, before Abraham was born, I am. I'm the great I am. I am God. The Jews fully understood what he was saying because it says in verse 59, at this they picked up stones to stone him. But Jesus hid himself, slipping away from the temple grounds. Wasn't that he was not ready to die, but it was not yet time for him to die. And Jesus slipped away and eluded them. Jesus claims 
to be God. Let's look at one more conversation with his enemies in uh, John chapter 10, beginning in verse 22. Then came the festival of dedication at Jerusalem. It was winter. Festival of dedication is what we more commonly call Hanukkah, which happens in December. Festival of lights where they rededicated the temple after Antiochus Epiphanes had taken it over and they retook it. So this was a big time of festivals in December, holiday time. And Jesus was in the temple courts walking in Solomon's colonnade. And the Jews were there gathered around him saying, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus answered, I did tell you, but you do not believe. The works I do in my Father's name testify about me. Jesus said, Look, information is not the problem with you. You've got enough evidence to believe who I am. The works that I have done testify who I am. Who else heals the sick, casts out demon, raises the dead, stills the storm, and walks on water? He said, my works testify who I am. And I would say to you, the same thing is true today. Some people say, well, if God just would reveal to me more, I'd believe. If it just heard a voice, you know, if he'd speak to me audibly, or if I could see a sign in the sky. And I really think Jesus would probably say the same thing to you that he says to the Jews. More evidence is not the issue. Because if you're predisposed not to accept me, more evidence, you'll just explain it away. You've got plenty of evidence. You've got to decide what you're going to do with the evidence you have. And that's what Jesus said to the Jews. They had plenty of evidence. Evidence was not the issue with them. It was the condition of their hearts. And so he said, verse 26, But you do not believe me because you're not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. Here he goes. I and the Father are one. He's identifying himself with the Father. He claims to be God. And it's interesting, the word one that he uses here is not in the masculine, but in the neuter. He doesn't say, I and the Father are one person, because they're distinct persons, but they're one in substance. There, here's the mystery of the Trinity that where he said in John 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Distinct from the Father, but identical with God. Boom, it just blows your mind. But he says, I and the Father are one again his jewish opponents picked up stones to stone him but jesus said to them i've shown you many good works from the father for which one of these do you stone me we're not stoning you for any good work they replied but for blasphemy because you a mere man claim to be god well now they've got the right answer they don't accept it but now they understand he claims to be god in verse 37, he said, do not believe me unless I do the works of my Father. He said, I'm not just asking you to believe my words, but my words are backed up by my works, and I have revealed to you myself in Godlike actions. Verse 38, but if I do them, even though you do not believe me, believe the works that you may know and understand that the Father is in me, and I in the Father. And again, they tried to seize him, but he escaped their grasp. Let's look at one more conversation 
of where Jesus talks about his identity and his relationship to the Father. This one is not with his enemies, as these first two have been, but with his friends. This one is in the upper room, following the institution of the Lord's Supper, with the 11 disciples there, and Jesus is trying to prepare them that he's going to be going away. And he says to them words of encouragement in John 14, 1, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come back and take you to be with me so that you also may be where I am and you know the way or the road or the path to the place where I'm going. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? How can we know the road if we don't know where the place is? And Jesus answered, I'm the way. I'm the road. I'm the path. I'm the way and the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus claims to be the unique pathway to God. You want to know God, Jesus says you're going to have to go through me. Because I am the Son who has come down from the Father to reveal Him to you. And now I am going back to Him to prepare a place for you. And if you want to be there with Him, then you need to believe in me and follow me because I am the only way to the Father. He's making an exclusive claim there. He's not one among many ways. I know it sounds wonderful to say, oh, there are many roads to heaven. You can believe that, but you can't believe Jesus and believe that because that's not what Jesus said. In that Lifeway survey of the state of theology in 2022, 71% said God accepts the religion, the worship of all people, accept the worship of all religions. Again, you can believe what 71% of people in America believe, but you cannot believe that and believe Jesus because Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. And that all others who are saying they're a way to the Father are human beings who are trying to figure out a way, but I am the one Son of God who has come down from the Father to reveal Him to you. It is not arrogance to say that you're the only way if there is only one way, right? If there is only one way, then he's the truth who's telling you the truth. If you want to go to Tullahoma, don't go that way or that way. You know, you've got to go that way. There, there's a way, and he's telling you the right way to get there. Jesus says, because I'm the God-man who is dying in your place tomorrow morning, I'm the only one that can die for you and connect you with God, I'm the only way. He says in verse 7, that we don't quote as often, it's equally astounding, if you really know me, you'll know my Father as well. From now on you do know him and have seen him. You want to know God? Get to know Jesus, because the way to know God and see God is to know Jesus. Verse 8, Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and that'll be enough for us. And Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip, even after I have been among you uh, such a, a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? 
The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. So, you hear the evidence. What do you say about Jesus? Who do you believe that Jesus is? Sometimes when I talk to people about Jesus, they want to go off on another subject. Well, and they talk about hypocrites in the church. Well, there's all these hypocrites in the church. Or they'll talk about all these other religions. Or they'll talk about church history and how the church has failed at various points in church history. And all of those things may be true, but they do not answer the question, yes, but. And here's how I'd encourage you to respond. Yes, but what about Jesus? You still have to decide, what do you believe about Jesus? Even if there have been failings and problems, who is Jesus? Is he who he claimed to be, or is he not who he claimed to be? And some people would want to be patronizing and say that Jesus is a great religious teacher. He's a great man. Listen, that's nonsense. What if I said to you, and C.S. Lewis has said this better than anyone, he said, that's crazy that Jesus... Is not a great teacher. He's either a liar, or he's a lunatic, or he's Lord. But he's not just a great man. What if I said to you the things that Jesus said? What if I said to you, hey, I want you to know, I and the Father are one. And the only way you'll get to the Father is through me. And if you believe in me, you'll never see death. What would you say about me if I said those kind of things? You'd say, man, he's getting old. He's lost it. He's, he's crazy. Or he's on some ego trip. But you wouldn't say, man, he is such a great man, such a great teacher. You wouldn't say that, would you? No, because ordinary people that say that, they're crazy or they're lying to you. Let me read you the words of C.S. Lewis in his great quote from Mere Christianity. People often say, I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I don't accept his claim to be God. That is the one thing we must not say. A man who was merely a man and said the sort of things that Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on the level of a man who says he's a poached egg, or else he'd be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the Son of God, or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool, you can spit at him and kill him as a demon, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God, but let us not come with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He's not left that open to us. He didn't intend to. Jesus said, I am the father of one. The father is in me and I'm in the father. Before Abraham was born, I am. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. What do you say? of who Jesus is. If you will believe him, either by his words or by the evidence of his works, he said, you'll never taste death. You pass through death if you're still alive before he comes, but you'll never taste the bitterness of death. He said, you'll have the gift of eternal life. What do you say about Jesus? Let's pray together. Oh, Father, I pray for those who are wrestling with this decision. And I pray, Lord, 
that you would draw them to yourself, you would open their eyes, you would help them to see the evidence and to stake their life. And I pray that today there would be people who'd be born again by putting their faith in Jesus. I pray there would be believers whose faith would be solidified, would reaffirm their commitment to their belief that you're the one true Son of God. And I pray, Lord, that we with joy and with charity would share that wonderful truth to the world. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with me? We're going to sing a song. It's our time of invitation. If you're willing to say, I believe in Jesus, I want to follow him, I'm going to ask you to walk forward while we're singing. Meet me here. Have baptism again in December. You can be baptized at our next opportunity. Today you can confess your faith and become a follower of Jesus. You can join our church or come for prayer. As God speaks to you, would you come? Spirit.